Welcome everyone, and this is the podcast of uh, Disney Princess Wannabe. <laughs> uh, the name's Destiny Backus, and I am here to read you a little selection of one of my many short stories. If you wish to check out the rest of my short stories, you can find them on my blog, Backus Fun Fiction. Uh, I hope you enjoy this reading, and I hope you have a lovely day. Hello, peoples. Uh, and today I will be continuing my, uh, origin story time, I guess you could call it. <laughs> uh, so, after being born and my sister passing away and all that jazz, uh, my family naturally, the naturally grew to be very protective. Uh, like, they lost one twin, they weren't gonna lose the other. <laughs> and, yeah, and for a while, uh, they were probably, like, really, like, I guess you could say around me, like, guarding me, like, a uh, bunch of elephants do to, like, their kin. Like, they just shove them in the center of, like, their protective circle and refuse to let any predators or dangers get in the way. But, uh, anyways, so, uh, well, from what I, rem from what I know about my family timeline slash history, my dad and my mom left their apartment after, you know, me and my sister were born. Uh, they lived in Richmond originally before moving down to Matthews where they proceeded to live with my grandma and any other relative that was there at the time, which was probably like Nate, uh, my uncle Nate, and my little aunt Mary. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, while I was there, uh, you know, I just generally was a little kid just hanging out with family and stuff and having a good time. Uh, except my mom, <laughs> apparently she, during the many misadventures we likely had, decided that in her infinite wisdom, she was going to teach me something that would develop into a habit. And would continue on until, like, well, now. Like, I'm almost 22. Uh, currently 21, almost 22. And I still have this habit. So, what was the habit? Rocking. Like, you know the kid that can't sit still? They're constantly banging the back of their, well, back against a seat. Or they're kicking their legs. Or they're bouncing their head like they're listening to, like, some invisible rock song in the background. Yeah, that was me. And my mom taught me that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what my mom was thinking. Well, actually, I do know what she was thinking, uh, technically. My grandma uh, tells me that my mom didn't want to be the only one who rocked. Because she was the only one in the family that bounced her head against the back of a couch or a seat. Uh, bounced her head, kicked her legs. Uh, yeah. She was the only one that did that. So she thought, let me pass that legacy on to my daughter. And it was effective. And it lasted for years. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I think my dad, honestly, is somewhat ticked that my mom ever taught me that. No, I'm not pretty sure. I'm definitely sure he's ticked. Like, still to this day, he's just angry about it. Because, let me tell you, it took him forever to get me to stop. Like, I would do it at school. I would do it 
at home. I would do it in the car. Um, there were so many times in my childhood where my Aunt Bessie or someone who was else who was driving like a car would turn to me as I was currently rocking the seat and tell me to stop because they could feel the vibration of me rocking because I was just rocking that hard, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, at school, uh, the kids knew me as the girl who rocked. Not in the, hey, I listen to rock music way, but I constantly rock way. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I had a reputation, uh, it was never bully for that, but yeah, it definitely became a habit that took my dad just forever to break. But anyways, yeah, so my, yeah, so my mama taught me that, uh, because she just didn't want to be the only one that did it. I guess that's her way of passing on her legacy, because even though she's gone, I still rock. Well, not as bad as I used to, but still rock. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, everything was good. Everything was fine. Except, uh, yeah, apparently my mom had issues with alcohol. I'm not going to say she was straight up alcoholic because I don't think anyone in my family has specifically said, hey, she was alcoholic. But she did have issues with alcohol. And uh, that's an entirely different story. Uh, for the record, that was not my grandma's fault at all. My grandma, as much as she is like a flawed human being, that was not something my grandma did. Uh, you see, my mom was adopted. My grandma got attached. In fact, my mom became my grandma's favorite. It didn't matter that my mom didn't share blood with her. It didn't matter that my mom technically wasn't her kid biologically. What mattered was, I guess there was a click. Because my grandma just loved my mom to pieces and adopted her. Well, technically. Uh, from, what, from what stories I've been told, uh, apparently, my mom was supposed to get picked up by, like, you know, uh, the CPS lady, service lady, whatever you want to call it. Uh, she was supposed to be picked up and, you know, taken to a different home. My grandma, <laughs> from what sources say... Did not let that happen. She, like, straight up just barred the front door, like, with her own body, likely, and was like, you are not taking my child. You're gonna have to rip her from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, my grandma's a character. But, yeah, uh, my grandma was simply the person that took my mom in, uh, after her own biological mother, uh, was not a good mother. Yeah, from what I heard, uh, my mom's biological mother uh, actually was the one with alcohol issues. And she, instead of deciding, you know, I'm going to be a good mother and buy my child formula or something, she decided to use what money she had on alcohol. And then she proceeded to feed her baby alcohol, which happened to be my mom. Yeah, just just great. Giving a baby alcohol, that won't cause issues, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so naturally, my mom was taken away, uh, ran into my grandma. My grandma fell in love with her. She became the favorite child, and she was adopted. So, yeah, the whole alcohol thing, that was not my grandma's fault. It was not my dad's fault. It was not anyone's fault. 
it was just a terrible series of circumstances, basically. So yeah, my mom had issues with alcohol. She was never violent or angry or, well, I won't say reckless, but she was never abusive. She was just my mom. She cared very much about me and cared a lot about my dad. She just couldn't shake it because, well, technically it started when she was not even old enough to talk. Like, it's just, it's sad, but my mom was kind of set up to fail in that regard. Could things have changed and led to her just getting, I guess, clean and everything turning out happy, sappy, wonderful? Yes. But that's not what happened. So, yeah. Uh, I have so many stories that I've been told about my mom. Uh, for one, my mom was a bit of a wild card. She was a bit messy. She could be a bit absent-minded and maybe a tad bit reckless. No, actually, straight up reckless. <laughs> Yeah, basically, um, whatever adjectives you could describe my dad, strict, clean, uh, organized, all that, my mom was the exact opposite. Like, opposites attract in that regard. My mom and dad just happened to work. So, yeah. The whole alcohol thing, I guess, became a, like a bit of an escalating issue. It started off small, not really all too notable. Um, and then... And then there was the big incident, the one that led to my mom passing away. Now, I've been told this story before, but I always mix up two details, whether or not my mom was shot or stabbed. Uh, I'm certain my dad can confirm this later, and, you know, I'll probably mention it later and confirm which one it was. But nevertheless, my mom ended up going to a party. And at this time, I was... Three, five, I would say three years old at the youngest, five years old at the oldest. So my mom goes to this party with alcohol and drinking with her friends. And at one point during the party, a gun or a knife is drawn out. And unfortunately, my mom was in the crossfire. And she was gone. Yeah, my, my dad didn't actually know my mom was gone until police officers showed up at his doorstep asking him questions and, you know, telling him of the, bleh, telling him of the tragedy. And as annoying as it is, like, when I think about it now, it makes sense. From what the police was, from what the police was going off of, they thought this could have been potentially a crime of passion. After all, when a spouse dies the most likely suspect is the girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, you know, whoever's dating the person. So they wanted to check all avenues and make sure my dad wasn't the suspect. Of course he wasn't, but, you know, they had to check. You know, I, I imagine autopsies and stuff prove that, yeah, this is just unfortunate. Like, this just kind of like a series of unfortunate events, basically. So yeah, at let's say an average of four years old, I lost my mom. <laughs> yeah, um, I really wish but my mom could be here now. I mean, I've done so many things and 
My mom never got to see them. But anyways, uh, yeah. I, apparently, as a kid, you know, being as young as I was, I did not take that well. Like, you know, I, I was about, I was like five at the oldest. Of course, I wasn't going to take my mom passing well. But apparently, and this is from what I know, by the way, uh, my dad, on the day that my mom passed away and he received the news and everything, he drives over to the daycare I'm staying at and he walks in and for reference, this is like during nap time. So every kid's asleep and just nodding off and stuff. So anyways, he ends up entering the uh, daycare and, you know, checks in and likely tells the staff there that there's some family stuff going on and picks up my sleeping self and walks me out of the building. I've never actually been told this part of the story. That small part is just something I remember. And yeah, days, weeks later, the funeral happens and, you know, my mom's in a casket and stuff. Everyone's super sad. Uh, some of her biological family shows up. Uh, and yeah, uh, I did not take the whole funeral thing well. So, yeah, I, did, I couldn't even look at the casket, which makes sense. I was a little kid. I didn't want to see my mom sleeping, for lack of a better term. And, yeah, that was kind of the fall of my mom, I guess you could say. Uh, and I And I think that day kind of, like, I guess you could say triggered something in me. Because I've never liked funerals ever. And I never knew why. But now that I think about it, if the first funeral I ever attended was that of my mom, then yeah, that's that's gonna cause some issues. And the issues, um, I guess you could say uh, the issues were like a very frequent thing with me. Because uh, after my mom passed away, I proceeded to have night terrors. Like, I would wake up screaming and crying and, well, technically, sometimes I wouldn't even wake up. My eyes would open and I would move around like I was awake, but I was still asleep. I was very much still asleep. Uh, my uncle Nate, uh, my uncle Nate attests to the whole thing. Uh, my uncle Nate, he fully admits that a couple of times he had to wake me up. Because uh, I just, I would go, I would like be all freaked out when I woke up. And, you know, naturally you don't want to scare a child out of a dream that they're having when they're already freaked out. That that's just not a good uh, setup. So, uh, yeah. Th thankfully, uh, the night terrors eventually ended. Uh, I still had terrible nightmares as a kid, like, once in a while, but it was never frequent after I eventually, I guess, got over the whole losing my mom thing. Although more likely, I probably just lost the memories of my mom. And that sucks. I wish I could remember more about her. Unfortunately, all I can go off is stories. And as much as I love the stories, having the memories will be better. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, 
yeah, my early childhood was uh, not exactly the best. Losing my sister, losing my mom, and all that. But at the very least, I did have people by my side who care about me and who made sure I was okay. Because, uh, well, my dad could have ditched me. He could have decided, yeah, I'm not dealing with this, and just left. And Ian, that might sound mean or cruel, but, well, technically, I know I'm right. There are many dads who, the moment they lose their wife, they just give up. They give up on the family they had with the wife and just leave. My grandma even acknowledges that, and she even told me that I'm lucky to have my dad because others would have left. And she's right. That's a very real fact. Although I don't think she should have told that to a child. If I hadn't been, well, the child I was, then I probably would have taken that a lot worse. (laughs) But as it stands, as a child, I understood that fact and I acknowledged it. And even to this day, I acknowledge it. Honestly, honestly, uh, given the heart attacks I've given my dad over the years, it's a miracle that... (laughs) that he's even still here. But I'm glad he's here and caring about me because I don't want to lose another parent. I mean, I know I'm going to lose another parent eventually, but I'd rather starve it off for as long as possible. (laughs) But anyways, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that's like the second part of my origin story. Uh, There might be a third part. No, there's going to be a third part. Uh, there's definitely, there might be a fourth part, uh, but I hope you liked my little story. Uh, sorry if this was a bummer again. Uh, yeah, my early childhood wasn't exactly the greatest. (laughs) Okie dokie, I'm afraid that that's all we have to read for today. Or, well, I had to read for today. (laughs) Uh. Hope you enjoyed everything, and if you didn't, then, well, I hope you enjoy another one of my readings. And to those who are curious, again, you can find my uh, official uh, readings, or, well, writings, on my blog, uh, Back is Fun Fiction. Uh, hmm. Hope you have a good night, or day.